This is Shaka Wart Speak. Welcome to Shaka Wart Speak. I'm your fabulous host, Ryan Loterio. And me, Gary Blackwell. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, Do you know what I was thinking about? What was that? The beginning of the love boat. Love boat. No, I can't. I can't. Ricardo play. Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, I'm he was a, smooth. I, yeah. Soon I, we'll be sailing in the blue. <laughs> the love boat. <laughs> they don't make shows like that anymore. No, they, they do not make uh, shows about the crew of a of a of a cruise. The show. love boat gave you your desires. And then you discovered that you didn't want them anymore. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> interesting. That was the premise. You got feels- what you wanted, and then it wasn't good. And then you got a moral lesson by the time you got off the boat. And then Tattoo mm-hmm. was like, the plane, like that guy was yeah, like, yeah. peace out. Like, and he, you know, every, every episode, it mm-hmm. was like that. Man, I loved that show when I was a 70s kid. Yeah, I was an 80s I'm kid. I'm older than you, so. so yeah, I, 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 know. Like, I know of it. Yeah, I never you, watched yeah it's it. weird. It's, it was sort of like a, a, a precursor to uh, Lost. Oh yeah, yeah. Not really. Wait, wait. kind of. Fantasy Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantasy Island was tangoing with Gilligan's Island, and it, they got together and man. they produced the show Lost. <laughs> Dude, I got, I got opinions. J.J. Abrams. I got opinions. Can't finish anything well. J.J. Abrams. Sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, Saturday's out there. It's super hot today. It is. It is. It is like existing in someone's armpit. Yeah, I'm not a good person. Yeah, just hot. And so we're because we're hot, we're angry. We're, <laughs> As you can tell, we're gr- super yeah. angry right now. We're super angry right now. <laughs> we got a bone to pick. Yeah, which is the wonderful an axe uh, to grind. Uh, yeah, an axe to grind, bone to pick. Um, but really, in all seriousness, like uh, I, th- I think it's nice. Like there's a there's a space where like you can be angry about things, but not be a jerk, mm-hmm. right? Like I can be angry about a lot of things mm-hmm. without having to like step into a spot of just being like um, I don't know, combative, mm-hmm. uh, militaristic, mm-hmm. uh, belligerent. Yep. You know, like there, there's a lot of spaces where like you can be angry, you can be bothered, um, and I think really one of the things that that kind of sits in that space. Is that there is a, there is a difference between the things that you experience and feel mm-hmm. and the responses that you have to them, mm-hmm. and so um, I think that's a really important place to be because when I think of um, a lot of the stories I heard growing up or like things I watched on like you know PBS art documentaries as a kid or whatever else, um, one of the things I heard a lot was about artists and how they responded to the world around them mm-hmm. or the artists and how they interpreted. And then uh, kind of um, portrayed the mm-hmm. world. So there was, it, w- it was a very inextricably tied relationship of, of artists and designers mm-hmm. to where they were and when they were. Mm-hmm. So they weren't devoid of feelings, but there always was a response. And I think that's, that's one of the things about even just a statement of like a bone to pick and axe to grind is like, you're like, oh, it's one of these. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be. Um, yeah. And all this comes from a place. I mean, there, there's a specific reason that, like, this idea, I think, is something worth talking about. Um, I don't know how much in detail you want to get. Yeah, I'll, 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 let's just say there's a New York art critic who's very famous, and mm-hmm. his name, let's, let's give him a fake name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, oh, is this a, a supposed person? It's, or a, it's a real person, but I'm going to change their name to Barry Maltz. 
Okay, so so I, Barry, I don't know who that is. So Barry Maltz, Barry Maltz, is, yeah, is a famous art critic on Twitter mm-hmm. who's been posting almost ceaselessly every day. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, most of what he writes is um, has like a tone of hate to it. I feel like Barry Maltz may have been doing this for his career, though. I think that's very interesting that you say mm-hmm. that, and we we can go down that rabbit okay. trail. And so um, what I started to see is wild inconsistencies in his logic. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it it drives me bonkers because he's um, condemning people that he disagrees with. And and maybe he's justified, let's say. Yeah, but, yeah. but the way he's going about it, he's leading uh, a lot of people into a very uh, sophomoric and shallow way of thinking mm-hmm. and responding to people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and what it leaves them open to is, is like almost like a, um, a, a very, I mean, sophomore work is the best way I can say it, like a very, very uh, contradictory uh, way of thinking. It's kind of like being like, no one should ever tell me what to do. As he's as telling, he's telling everybody else what to do, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so because no one should ever tell me what to do, anybody that tries to needs to be, you know, locked up and put away, ostracized. Away, yeah. And so you're like, you're telling people what to do. Like you're, you're, you're not living in a, in a consistent way at all. And there doesn't appear to be any um, reflection. And there's a, there's a great saying that comes from somewhere that over out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Mm. So, oh it, yeah. So it's like, it's saying that, um, that uh, what's, it's like, if you, if I have a, a cup of dirty water and you tip it, mm-hmm. it's going to spill dirty water. It's not going to spill clean water. That makes sense. Right. So, so the idea is that there is, uh, um, a kind of wrath or uh, anger uh, stored up within. And, you know, we all say, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a perfect dude. I'm not a, I'm not a moralist. So anybody listening, actually, we can seem that way, but I'm not a moralist. Like yeah, I, yeah. I have to uh, work at my character because I can get angry and all kinds of things. I mean, a real person, you know, yeah, I can say um, terrible stuff every day. Yeah. But, you know, but, but also I'm disciplined. Like I don't really say much online. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is I don't want to, I'm not trying to, um, uh, offend or hurt or injure people mm-hmm. accidentally through my uh, sophomore spouting off, you know, um, where I'm saying easy things that I know a lot of people are going to agree with yeah. in such a casual but trite and heavy-handed way that I actually end up looking like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, um, you know, there's, there's other things that um, I've read from Barry. Uh, I thought it was Gary. Uh, maybe it was Larry? Yeah. Maybe it was Mary. Mary. Uh, Terry. That's right. It's it um was it Terry? <laughs> Terry Waltz. That's Terry, right. Terry Waltz. It's Terry yeah. Waltz. So Der- Terry Waltz. Uh, some another thing I read from him was something along the lines of, uh, "You never have to care what anybody else thinks about the stuff you're making, as long as you're making it for yourself. It's good." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, <clears throat> one thing we've always known as artists and designers is that regardless of how we feel about this word, mm-hmm. uh, the action always happens. That uh, what we do always has an element of an intention for consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's just visual consumption, we sit with it, we appreciate it, we yeah. love it. It's unaffected, it's on the wall, it's doing its thing by itself and we love it for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's objects that people actually purchase. Well, here's the funny thing, but here's even, even like before we even go to that. Yeah. Just that statement is, is hilarious because um, he talks a lot about good and bad art. Yeah. I mean, it's literally his job. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, so, you know, so, um, and I, I'm saying this to artists that watch, I think we, I mean, you know, no one's neutral. L- listen to who you're 
look at the quality of character of the person that's speaking. Mm-hmm. Like, like, um, are they are like? There's an, uh, several times where he, uh, uh, Sari Daltz is saying um, mm-hmm. uh, he's in a, in a classist, elitist, and possibly racist way saying things mm-hmm. that are demeaning to all kinds of people. But he's so sure of his position that he's not even checking what he's saying and it's yeah. overflowing out of a heart. And I wrote to him and said, I think most of your posts are angry because you are towards the end of your career and you're dissatisfied in your successes Yeah, that they actually haven't amounted to enough. And so you're angry and also you want the assurance of the mob. You want the, the uh, Twitter sphere mob to uh, gather around you so you can feel like you still have relevance. Mm-hmm. And so in his anger, which is prior to the moment, it's prior to what he's focused his anger on. Um, you can hear uh, um, uh, a, a more pervasive anger in his writing mm-hmm. that points to other things that the culture is not tolerant of. Yeah. And he's, 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 um, he has power, and mm-hmm. so people won't turn and cancel him as quickly. Yeah. The very same people that if I said certain things, they would, mm-hmm. which is to say, um, uh, Power often wins the day, and he doesn't want to lose his power. Mm-hmm. That's why he tweets twenty four seven, and most of it is 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 um, really ungodly. I mean, it, it, yeah. if you're really listening, it, it may not seem like it because you may just wholesale agree with him. Yeah, yeah, and and you can say true things, but it can be spoken out of the overflow of a heart that is uh, ravenous, that is mm-hmm. that is um, toxic, and uh, um, and you're using your platform to lead people down a road. Uh, that actually is not going to enable artists um, uh, to be critical thinkers, to be thoughtful, to be reflective, mm-hmm. to be um, heterodox, yeah. to be uh, contrarian, to mm-hmm. be um, uh, um, maybe even ahead of the curve on what's needed. I mean, you know, uh, historically, artists respond in ways that leads the charge. And then you, you, um, like I was listening to a great talk yesterday that was going into this, and it's like. I don't always agree with these kinds of things, but I do think it's there that uh, artists are oftentimes, uh, when freed up, uh, kind of ahead of the curve mm-hmm. on in and are actually in some ways shaping what's to come. Yeah, and and in so doing, are risking being seen as irrelevant to the masses and in disagreement. Mm-hmm. But what we're getting now is the masses in agreement because the waters are being shallowed. Mm-hmm. The thinking is utterly shallowed. Mm-hmm. It's utterly diminished it's i mean we're, we're talking about um a kind of adolescent thinking uh that means that in a lot of ways um we're treating uh, adults like children uh-huh. uh because they can't handle sort of the harder truths about um the emotional like like the difficulty of life. Like, so for instance, mm-hmm. if you said, I listened to something else yesterday, so I'm paraphrasing. Um, but like, uh, if, if you think that the goal of life is happiness, yeah. you know, we're too complex for happiness to be the goal of life. Mm-hmm. So anything that doesn't support happiness then has no place. And it means you have to operate in a shallow space. And so uh, sadness doesn't work. Um, remorse doesn't work. Um, uh, hard work, uh, doesn't solemn work. doesn't work. Greek, uh, yeah, hard work doesn't work. All of these other self sacrifice, yeah, self sacrifice, friendship, yeah, 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 uh, patience, uh, um, uh, bearing with, mm-hmm. uh, kindness. Like, there's all these things 
that are together that are that make life rich. Mm-hmm. So life is difficult, but it's rich. Yeah. And so um, when you're uh, um, shallowing the waters to maintain a very generic, um, um, uncritical perspective, uh, then then uh, you will it'll be fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You either get into the deep water, or you try to make everybody else shallow. Yeah, and that's actually uh, even the same kind of endpoint I was wanting to say, even with consumption. Is mm-hmm. like um, it's all built into what we do. We know that what we're making, there will be a, a, an other person, an other entity, another party, yep. another whatever that will take part in it with us mm-hmm. at the end of its creation. Sometimes even before that. Um, and so, you know, if if you're a if you're an art critic, you understand that what you're making is necessarily for that. And so, mm-hmm. it isn't that you're just kind of like mildly talking about things in a conversational way in a public sphere. It's that you understand a hundred percent that what you're saying is not just for consumption, mm-hmm. but is intended by you to be consumed. Right. And, um, you know, the whole idea of like consumption is that it is taken in, it is, it is brought in, it is digested, it becomes integrated. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, having, having someone say things that are full of such vitriol mm-hmm. for that to be their response to the world, like it does say a lot, mm-hmm. but it also goes against um, a lot of what you were talking about in that um, throughout history, and I'm not I'm not looking at this with rose-colored glasses. I'm not looking at this as like some sort of idealist who's just like blind to certain parts of history. But some of my favorite art came out of tough spots. Mm-hmm. And the choice in those tough spots, the response to it, was not to just vomit toxicity back into the waste, mm-hmm. but to say, what what is the world we move into? Yeah. What is the world we're building? Because... We're not, we don't get to build the world in the future. Yeah. We get to be in the world in the future that we've built now. Yeah. And so if all we're building is a shouting match. Yeah. Where you're throwing out a bunch of characters and just being pissed yeah, what off are, in a place. What, what are, are you, you making doing? In space? Yeah. We, if it's like, uh, um, my shallow happiness has been, uh, violated now. I'm not safe. Now I'm just angry and I'm going to demonize, um, co- like I'm going to reduce complex organisms, i.e. other people into mm-hmm. really paper thin characterizations of each other uh as soon as i do that i am subjecting myself to that happening to me 100 and then you start to think and communicate that way and while calling yourself a, a, a critic and an intellectual yeah because we, we are baking the bricks to build the cloisters we die mm-hmm. yeah 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 100 yeah. yeah and so the, so the, uh, i like to call it death culture mm-hmm. there's no life in it there actually is not life in it and um and i'm i got things I'm angry about and I got things that I'm Hell hurt yeah. over. Yes. I've got wounds. Um, I've made mistakes. Um, uh, I've had to, I've been wronged. I've wronged people. I mean, I'm it. We're, um, we're too, too complex to be defined mm-hmm. shallowly. Uh, uh, and it requires time to, to ponder. And what I don't see in this kind of, um, I don't, I do and don't, I guess, but I don't see a lot of, um, someone else said this. I thought this was really interesting and kind of like, whoa, put me on on my feet. You know, we do this podcast. I'd like to think that we're trying to think out loud and help people to think out loud with us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what somebody said who, oh gosh, I'm forgetting. Uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but, um, they were talking about the coming to terms of the fact that as a, they were a psych, uh, psychologist, they were a um, biologist, mm-hmm. but they've become somewhat of like a Twitter 
or sorry, a YouTube. They become somewhat YouTube famous. Yeah, yeah. And they said the thing that they can't see is how they maybe have become a celebrity. And um, and that's not what I was referring to. But what was interesting is they went a step further and said, um, I thought I was teaching people how to think. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized is people are turning to me to think for them. Mm. And I was like, whoa, that's a great point. I, I definitely love to hear other people think for me that I can't like. Oh, yeah. And he said, you know, I thought I was teaching people how to fish, that whole adage. But yeah. more, more so um, they're content to <laughs> take the fish out of my cooler. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> let him do the work, basically all the leg yeah. work. And so then you're hearing good thoughts, but you're not thinking good thoughts. Yeah. And so here's, here's where this is headed is as that relationship becomes shallower and, and more degenerated then the guy who's the celebrity is thinking, uh, dehumanizing and sophomoric shallow thoughts mm-hmm. is still having the people tune into him to have him think thoughts for them. Yeah. Um, which, which means that you're talking about uh, other people becoming even shallower. So um, there was like a person, uh, you know, oh gosh, it was, I can't find the, so for some reason our internet's not working inside right now, so I can't look up the, one of the comments that I wanted to point out, but um, shoot, yeah. Um, someone, so this um, Barry, Barry Balt said something like, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, it was kind of like, uh, there is no, there is no truth in art. It was something like that, you know, yeah. no, like it was something like that. And this person responded and said, no one has ever spoken truer words. And I said, this is like an idiot, oh, a sophomore, a, a dummy fest. Because I mean, I'm like, you just hope there's sarcasm in that Yeah, response. you hope you there hope is. There but is. I've watched so many tweets that I'm like, I don't know. I, then I was like, I don't think that there is. Nah, like, so this person so literally sad. is not realizing that he just made an objective truth claim about everybody else. Mm-hmm that he's saying his opinion is greater than everybody else's and that he has total knowledge over everybody else. And then the person who chimed in and amended it and said, there's never been truer words. Uh, in order to say that, you actually have to have access to all true, all true words that have been spoken. Yeah. And I'm not saying we always have to be this, this critical, but what I'm trying to say is, um, or this consistent, I know, I know we get loose with our language and our thoughts yeah. and we, we walk around and we go, well, there's a contradiction. Yeah, but when someone is constantly making truth claims, and they're constantly doing it and they're doing it in, in uh, dumbing down ways mm-hmm. that thousands upon thousands of people are listening to. And then they're going, I'm glad, I'm glad you said and thought that now I can assume it as truth for me, but I've never thought for a second how to think. Um, therefore, you don't even, you don't know if you agree. You just know he has power, yeah. which is why you won't cancel him when he says things that could be implicated as racist or ableist or, or any number of things. Yep. So um, it's because the power is what wins. And I think that's part of the, the problem in our culture right now for me is everything's about power. It's all power dynamics, mm-hmm. all of it. And it's terrifying, actually, uh, because not everybody possesses power. And um, people that are fighting to bring about equality or uh, um, equity and inclusion um, ideally understand that there's a majority minority dynamic at play. Mm-hmm. What's happening is there are people that are becoming in the name of minority, becoming a kind of majority. And 
um, Larry's, Larry Baltz is one of these people who starts to say things that don't account for people that possess or will ever be able to possess the same amount of power he does. Yeah. So he's starting to oppress the very people he would say that he's there to support. And it's pretty awful, actually. It's, it's really uh, pretty, pretty darn appalling. It is. And I, I just, you know, um, I think. And then he calls people mediocre all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, he's calling like Republicans a mediocre, whatever. I don't care about that. But he has this blase attitude. Like he says things like, why do all these people have dad problems? They're all mediocre. And I'm like, you realize that people do have dad problems though. Yeah. And so, and it's not mediocre to have a, have a dad problem when, when there was, there was an absence of a father. Yeah. And so you're making light of a serious issue mm-hmm. or a serious thing where there's people that are seriously wounded by this. Mm-hmm. And, and you're saying that's mediocre. And it's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. What makes you so great? Who, who, who gave you this mantle? Yeah. That you're, you can, um, now again, we did say this episode is a bone to pick. It is a bone to pick. So 100%. this is what it is, man. It's just it, it, like it's blowing off steam, but it, it makes you, it, it really, um, uh, you know, and here's the thing. I got a hunch that if you were to talk to him to his face uh, and it, it wasn't, there was no stage and there was no uh, uh, ears to tickle, mm-hmm. he would start to cower a little bit in some of his positions oh, yeah, because so. his convictions are for power and celebrity. Mm-hmm. And everybody who turns and listens to him and tells him there's never been truer words, you're just power hungry. But what are you going to do if you obtain to his level of power? You're just going to get subsumed by somebody else. This yeah. can't be the only reason for life. Like, like there's no life in that. Mm-hmm. That is death. Well, I think that, you know, the, the, everything you're talking about is exactly why people who are actually everyday artists who are doing really good work and grinding at it and they're not in those positions of power, why they get so beat down by what they do. And they start to question things about why do I even do this? It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't yeah. solve anything. And they're like, it's really great to hear what y'all are saying about how like art is always of value. And like, we need more artists and designers who are like mm-hmm. thinking through things. But if I'm constantly getting beat down by these people who are in control of things, why would I even do this in the first place? Yeah. And it's a horrible thing because if there is a power structure in place, the only reason it gets dismantled, I'm, I'm sorry if you have a different uh, understanding of the reality of history, but the only way that power structure gets dis- dismantled is by an equal or greater power structure. Yeah. So in the end, whatever power structure you're looking to, to be dismantled and taken mm-hmm. away, it will still oppress. It will still destroy. It will still choke out what's yep. going on. Yep. Because at the end of the day, it's just another group of people who are doing it badly. Yep. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we're fighting a fight that's stupid to fight. Yeah. Instead, why can't we be in a space where what we want to do is actually make things that are generative yeah. and not in a naive way, yeah. but in or a way say that things, says we're building a real place. Yeah. Say things that are generative so that the builders can build. Yeah. So, so encouragement. Yeah. You forbid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're at the top of the, you're at the top of the totem pole and what you're doing is 90% of the time it's just foul teardown. Yeah. This easy low hanging fruit teardown. And it's because it requires a level of uh, intellect and capacity and a worldview that's sustainable and, and true enough mm-hmm. to make um, thoughtful assessments that uh, open up conversation, generate um, uh, working ideas that can be moved into practice or action. Yeah. And that requires patience. Well, when you're angry, it's hard to be patient. Yeah. So, um, uh, so that's what I mean by death is the tear down of things without offering anything in, in, re- in, re- in return. Yeah. And we've, we've used this example a lot, but you know, I've got a seven year old daughter and a nearly three year old son. Um, and they play with these blocks. They're like these magnetic shapes that go together and you can build stuff with them. <clears throat> And they really love them. 
Um, and of course, you know, my sons at this great age were like, really one of the coolest things to do is just come through and just like, clack and just kick the thing over. It's toast, yeah. you know, it's gone. And my daughter's like, dad, Daniel's doing this again. And, and it's a great time to have the first conversations and that whole trajectory of like, look, it's super easy for you to come over and kick this thing over. It requires mm-hmm. no thought. It requires no work. It requires no anything to mm-hmm. do it except for just the desire to feel. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And so he comes and kicks it over. Meanwhile, here's my daughter who's a little older and she's a little more thoughtful about it. And the work that goes into just building a structure mm-hmm. that doesn't immediately fall over mm-hmm. or that does fall over and then you rebuild it and rebuild it and rebuild it until it stands. Yeah. There's a lot more there. Yeah. It yeah, takes yeah. some time. It takes that patience you're talking yeah. about. It takes a lot of things. Yeah. But we even even in something like that in the house, we have always been, even like back when my daughter was the three year old kicking things over. Um, it was very much a thing where it was like, we will not stand for simply tearing things up in this house. Yeah. yeah and not in the sense yeah. of like, you know, it's also, yeah, Hey, take care of your stuff. Right. But it's a, we are not going to be people that are defined by breaking things. We mm-hmm. are going to be a people defined by building things. Yeah. So demo, demo makes sense when you're building. It does. Yeah. When you have a purpose for it. Yeah. When there's a purpose for it and it's towards, I think, um, and if, and if you offer a purpose in that, that's right. That's one thing. So if, if, uh, you know, um, if, you know, where he talks, if he actually had some things to offer besides just a lot of vitriol and hate, yeah, it probably wouldn't be an issue because I'd be yeah. like, oh, you're you're saying not this but this. Yeah. You're giving me some kind of categorical direction, yeah. and then yeah, I yeah. could disagree or agree with you. Yep. Otherwise, I just got to say, yeah, bring on the hate, man. Just keep, yeah. keep vomiting it on us as the well, masses. How, how you know it's it's like um, you could say how you know uh, sorry, Jaltz is uh, um, got a – there's a problem there that's deeper than what he's saying mm-hmm. is he will attack the way people look. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're, you're really despise a, a Republican politician. Yeah. Well, the act of pointing out like the warts on their face and the hair, mm-hmm. like, like getting descriptive about those things. Um, anybody who's paying attention has to feel a little bit nervous. Uh, that's a manning him because it's like, he can quickly, quickly turn on you and, and, yeah. do the same thing but here's the thing it's like he's not there's a famous uh another famous quote uh that you have to take the uh plank out of your own eye before you pull the speck out of another you mean there might be something wrong with me yeah and it's like he's not accounting for the warts on his face mm-hmm. here's the thing he doesn't want anybody to point those out yeah but we all see him the emperor has new clothes like we i see you dude like mm-hmm. like what do we, like a bully is bully. When, yeah, it was a bully, bully. even if you agree with that. That's right. And so, and so that's the rub is like, well, you're supposed to be this intellectual and you write these book articles and books and whatever. Well, use that here in 120 characters. Like, yeah. like why are you perpetually defaulting to name calling in place of addressing real issues? Like mm-hmm. what, like, um, how about offer a vision of what the future should look like in pandemic going forward? And yeah. let that the the positive existence of your vision be the critique of the naysayers, and and then and then let them come to you and start to point at it, and then interact with them in ways where you may win someone over to your vision. Well, and, be, it's because he lacks a vision. And I know that you know the, the conversations we tend to have tend to be kind of interior conversations. So you know you you might feel like you can approach them a little more easily if you're an artist or a designer, if you went to art mm-hmm. school, whatever. It may feel very like niche based. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is, uh, the, the world outside of our bubble as artists and designers is looking at individuals that do something like that. And they go, you're right. Mm-hmm. Your entire field is pointless. Yep. 
You're right. It actually has no place in my life. You're right. I don't need to do anything with yep. it. I don't need to learn about it. I don't need to enter into it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a constantly self-defeating thing yep. where it's like you're not you're not gaining ground yeah. by pissing in somebody's coffee. Yep. You're just being a jerk. Mm-hmm. And you're not helping anybody move anywhere. You're not helping to progress anything. And you actually don't care about anything. your supposed audience, mm-hmm. which uh, is, is, is on Twitter, it's followers. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, it's all pat my back, you plebs. Yeah, I heard, I heard someone say uh, something about one of a mutual friend of ours said that they were talking with some high school kids about technology. It was a coding class. And he said something about how one of the students, well, they were talking about almost like how like social media is like a drug. Mm-hmm. And, then, and they're like, and like one person was like kind of confessing. They're like, she's like, I spend 16 hours a day and I can't look away. I can't get off. Mm. And, and she was serious. She was unironic and it felt for her. And, and one of the kids goes, it's crazy how it's like a drug. And they call uh, Facebook um, people users, <laughs> you know, or is it, is it Instagram yeah, yeah. or Facebook that's where you're, you're a user? I think they're all technical. Yeah, 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 users. So it's like, I was like, oh my gosh, Taps that's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty insightful. And so, but you, yeah, so you have your followers and it's like, um, it already assumes you're a kind of um, a... Uh, Somewhere like a priest or deity. shamanistic or, yeah. or it's, it's loaded, man. And, and so it's like, um, I once, so some, you know, one of the conversations you're, you're hearing a lot, or I've heard people blurt this out in all different directions. It's like, people are sheeple. They just do whatever they're told. And my whole thing is like, yeah, I think that's probably true of all of us. Yeah. The only question is who the shepherd is. Mm-hmm. So no, like, totally. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's a question of the quality of the shepherd who's leading. And there's and, a there's a lot of cut, there's a lot of half rate shepherds out there. Absolutely, a whole lot of them. And the thing is, is like I think it, the 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 way to really look at like does anybody have like one of those shepherd like qualities is to start to say like are they pointing you towards something better mm-hmm. or different? Yeah, and like, I'm not talking about shepherd fairy. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what all this was about. Right? <laughs> but it is really like you know, is there are they pointing to anything or are they just kind of. Did they just dig a grave and say, "Look at the yeah. grave, look at the grave, look at the grave"? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, the, yeah. the graves for. Are death. they? Are they? Is is it? Are they exercising? Now, here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. There's, I think, there's room to be like righteously angry, like to 100%. be justifiably angry. I'm. There's I things mean, that I'm like. I, I would hope to I'm be not. this. That this conversation is that. That is that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's not about not being angry, and it's not about venting off steam. It's not about any of that. But it is about, uh, I think, um, looking at who you're listening to. And, and what, how does what they say match with what their life looks like? And, and, um, if you're looking at people that have celebrity, like really check, I mean, how much value is there in celebrity ultimately? And I think we think that there's more there than there is. But when you look at celebrities towards the end and sometimes even shorter, cause they burn bright and, and don't last long is they're often miserable. So are you enabling a miserable old dude to continue to fill his relevance at the top of his followers, who he needs in order to make him feel good Mm -hmm. at the expense of tearing down other people in ways that are actually uh, subhuman and beyond mediocre, uh, as he would say, because these are are his words, Mm -hmm. And, and really just technical, I mean technical, just stupid. Yeah. Just truly stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's time to not listen. Like you, sh- when, when, um, when Ariana Grande comes on and sings about how, you know, we're free now cause we got vaccinated mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're not free anymore. 
you got to ask yourself, why, why do politicians use celebrities to talk to you? Yeah. What do they think about you? Yeah, there's a word for it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying though? Like, why do you, why do you, why do I need a hip? I love hip hop. You know yeah, that. Why yeah, yeah. I love entertainment, but why are you talking to me through an entertainer? I'd rather you talk to me through a burrito grande. Yeah. Yeah. Than Ariana Grande. Yeah. yeah I love burritos so much. I, I'd feel like there'd be more to say there. Yeah. But the, you see what I'm saying though? It's like, and that's no diss on Ariana Grande. What I'm trying no. to say is, is we narrate through these power channels. Mm-hmm. We exploit the arts to exert power and narrate in ways that are actually dumbed down and we're treated that like as though we're not able to actually have adult conversation. Yeah. There's a, it's manipulative. There's a, 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 an article, a journal article, a white paper, whatever that I, I use in classes from time to time. And it deals a lot with, uh, uh, transformative, uh, experiences within the arts. So how do we, how, how do we set up sort of the spaces where, where we could actually have projects within the arts that are transformative Especially when we talk about like uh, kind of public-private dialogues, yeah. uh, public art, um, you know, uh, commercial business spaces and artists. How, how do these things that feel diametrically opposed to one another, how do we actually integrate them and create transformative experiences for yep. people within the public? And uh, one of the things is, is that um, the paper says that uh, if you look throughout history, um, there is this, this bent of co-opting the arts. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we say... Uh, the politician gets up on election night and has the popular singer singing a song and hopes to just get something from that. Yeah. Um, that a little bit of, of the value that's tied up in the arts and design that we actually talk about all the time rubs off on probably the valuelessness tied up in politics. Um, so they're like, let me, let me just get a little bit of that, right? Let me put, the, let me put your coat on so I mm-hmm. look cool um, instead of actually worrying about how I change. Um, they said that that, is always fruitless, mm-hmm. and what it turns into is uh, subjection. Mm-hmm. Someone is always subjected, mm. and it's always the arts. Mm. And if then if you go into some more like kind of philosophical spaces and you talk about sociological things and anthropological uh, things, what you find out is that the subjected uh, party can only be the party that the ruling class feels has no value. Mm-hmm. So anytime you see something like that, always in the back of your mind should be that person co-opting sees this as valueless, yep. sees it as unimportant, dehumanizing everything. So instead, what the model for this uh, sort of uh, transformative space where the arts become really um, actually like uh, working in a positive way, as we would all like to think, as we feel as we go through art school, um, is with partnership. Mm-hmm. And partnership is always two things becoming a new thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not just taking an aspect of one and kind of putting it on like a baseball hat or something. Um, but it is about partnering with people, mm-hmm. doing things. So it wouldn't be, hey, come sing your popular top 40 song at my event. It would be, what if we got together and talked about things that mattered and then we actually made a song out of it? Mm-hmm. And then we had something where we were both contributors to a thing that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is always interesting with what you're talking about that uh, you cannot look at it as a positive thing. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just say, oh, that person's in touch with something. No, they're co-opting something. Yeah. And they're always doing it to the detriment of it's one con- of the parties involved. It's often condescending. It's, it's cheap. It's like, uh, it's, it's cheap. It's cheap. And it's time to recover um, our thought life. Yeah. It's time to recover. I, you know, I, I hope for a kind of revival of the mind mm-hmm. and the, the body and unison and um, a kind of a brave look at uh, even old ideas that actually 
are desperately needed as much as creating new ideas. I don't, I'm like, I don't, we don't really have a, a, um, the whole, it's the whole, uh, when people are ignorant of history, they're prone to recapitulate it or, you know, repeat it. And, uh, I actually think that that's what we're doing right now. And, um, so it's time for a, uh, it's time for a kind of like adult level, um, mature character driven culture makers to, to start to do the hard work of leading the charge. And, 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 um, you know, we need to look at serious thinkers that are, um, not just peanut gallery, not, not, uh, ear tickling already telling you what you already think. Mm -hmm. So you're just going there to hear your, your favorite celebrity tell you exactly why you're already right about what you already knew. So you're just going, yeah, tell me more of what I already believe. Yeah. You need to listen to people that you don't agree with mm-hmm. and you need to do it a lot and you need to learn to conversate and cultivate opinions and see if you're changed by them or not. And I, we, we desperately need, um, it's just time. I mean, I, I feel it. De- I feel it deeply in my bones. Yeah. Um, yeah so, we, you we know, desperately need it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Baltz or, Jerry Naltz or, or Golly Baltz. I think you know whoever his name you is. Are. Yeah, whoever you are. You know his name by now, I think. And if you don't, you know his reputation. Yeah, we've, we said part of it already, but not all of it. Um, <laughs> you know, War, Warry Saltz. Yeah, yeah. Or Jerry Naltz. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, 100%. And I think this is the thing to take away so that we're not, we're not like a, digging our own grave in the same way that we feel this person does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing to take away from this is, is like, it, it is like, like anger is a normal part of life. You're going to get angry at things. If not, if what, what's the saying? If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it, it's, it's real, but there is then the second move. Like I said earlier, like what's the response to that? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is your response to move into a space of dehumanization where all mm-hmm. you do is turn everyone into an enemy and you say, Hey, as long as I got the sword, I can slay people. Yeah. It's all good. In- in it, in in my own Slam in the spirit, overburdened self righteousness, I yeah. can kill people with my words, which is what we do. We yeah. defame, we dehumanize left yep. and right. We strip people bare, mm-hmm. and we just look at it as a huh, yeah. vindicated. Yeah, um, we lump people into big, big categories, gigantic, gigantic categories, and we act like we're so smart that we know why everybody is doing what they're doing and why it's wrong. Yeah. So it's terrible. It's terrible. So instead, why, why, why don't we do the hard work and not just the hard work, but the, the work that art school, a desire for art and design, um, the pursuit of these things actually creates as a fertile space Mm -hmm. of, of making things that do build towards something. Yeah. I don't don't know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't know, um, how that really looks. Um, but I do know that it's, it's a lot more work than just, screaming into the void yep. of angry people yeah or tearing everybody down yep there is something to be built there is something well, I, ahead could of I us. talk could i touch on a, a super super touchy subject uh, oh we haven't we haven't oh, okay, okay we then. well so feed in. so uh worry salt said that everyone has to be vaccinated if mm-hmm. not they have no rights or access to hospitals to anything mm. anything now here here's here's and he goes on and on now for me, that's the height of, I know he's Jewish, but that's the height of white privilege. Yeah. It's racist because there happens to be a large demographics of people that are non-white that are not vaccinated for very real reasons that are historical. Yeah. Living in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, he, and also there's um, people that uh, are poor, that are 
maybe um, they've got difficulties, you know, that they're working through cognitively. There's a, there's this diversity of person and not everybody falls into his, everyone must, or else they're completely worthless. And I'm not talking about whether one should be vaccinated or not. What I'm talking about is the careless way he's communicating to the masses. And, and he supposedly, this is where I'm saying like, there, there are racist implications and unchecked biases in him uh, that accord with his elitist privilege um, and make him wildly inconsistent for the kinds of people he speaks on behalf of. Yeah. And the people that he's representing don't even see it, mm-hmm. which is amazing to me that no one calls him out on this and says, hey, you know that uh, there's deep histories with wounds that were afflicted on certain minorities regarding mm-hmm. uh, uh, vaccines, Tuskegee, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And so, uh, you, you know, if you go and do look at some data that uh, um, huge number of people are not vaccinated in New York, are you're saying they should just do what, die? What are you, what are you saying? Like that sounds like what he's saying, right? That's irresponsible. And he's made enough absolute statements like this that I have to think that this is not hyperbole. Mm-hmm. So he is blind to his own er- through his own arrogance to uh, um, the overflow of his heart, which is death culture. This is yeah. what I'm trying to say. This is not, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the logical ends of your thoughts are towards the death of people. Yeah, I mean, and things, you don't see it. The things we say and do are always moving towards building the future that we say we want mm-hmm. or don't want. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't understand what it is mm-hmm. our statements are actually yeah. moving us towards. And so, um, and when you impose mm-hmm. throughout, somebody please pick up a history book and look at what the imposition of ideas has done throughout history. And you show me where creativity and humanity flourished. Please look at history, mm-hmm. cross reference it. Dig deep, go to the library, dig out old books, and, and start looking at a global level at what the imposition of ideas has done to human beings. Yeah, and how well they flourished under imposition. And I, you know, I that, and I think that's why with with what we do, we always talk about being a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Right? This isn't. We're not. Uh, this podcast will never be the definitive word on a thing. Sure. Uh, because it's just not helpful because yeah. it will always move in that space where yeah. you're always going to be undermining somebody. You're always going to be subjugating somebody. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be dehumanizing somebody mm-hmm. because if you, if you speak in those types of imperatives with such vigor, mm-hmm. somebody gets lost. Mm-hmm. There's not a total, there's not a statement that's coming out of a lot of these like, like Twitter rage spaces that um, is actually encompassing is, is actually like caring for the totality of people who, yeah. that is actually like trying to uh, spur people on to um, like a better career yeah. or a better way to understand the community they're part of or how to think through things for themselves. It's not there. Yeah. It just can't be there. But in a conversation, what's great is that we can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, we can go back and forth with anybody out there listening. And, and if we're, both in a headspace of having conversation, mm-hmm. we can probably get to a place that neither of us actually were yeah. when we started. Yeah. If we're actually allowing people to be humans yeah. and know that I ain't got it, you ain't yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody else out there's got it. Yeah. But maybe someone does. Maybe somebody does. But, but we have to have the humility to know get, it's not us. That's not us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even just just to kind of 
like there's a news channel and they posted on Twitter. Uh, um, I mean, maybe the moral of the story is I should not look at Twitter. But, um, <laughs> so as I speak, I'm like, maybe. but so this news channel, it's professional, it's one of our top news channels, mm-hmm. uh, tweets a story of a missing woman mm-hmm. who was discovered encased in um, concrete. Jeez. Something not, something, yeah, not good, right? No. Um, and so they make a public post the news, right? Uh-huh. They post the article and all they write up top is yikes. Yes. Yeah. And so I wrote, I wrote your, I wrote to them. I said, uh, uh, your yikes statement is sophomoric at best. This is a human being. You are showing no real regards for that fact and are caring more about Twitter ratings. Yikes. Do some soul searching. This is not a Scooby-Doo story. <laughs> Putting it plain, you are, you are dehumanizing to subhuman levels for gain. It's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, intolerable. Uh-huh. That's somebody's, that's that person meant something to someone and was value valuable in of themselves in uh-huh. post the story because it's news, but don't be so cheap. And, and here's, here's the point of me bringing it up. They're rightly assuming that there's a bunch of cynics on the other side of that uh-huh. that are like, Whoa, crazy. Yikes. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like turn it into a meme. And, and it's like, I am uh, utterly concerned for. Yeah where human beings are. Well, you know, I've been concerned. This ain't we, new. We probably just, you know, uh, wholeheartedly, um, like a giant killer whale or blue whale going through the ocean, just like collecting food in its teeth. We've so wholeheartedly taken mm-hmm. dehumanization into such a level that we can't even get to a place where we're like appalled by things in a good way. Yeah, we're not appalled. We're so now what we we're are like, is man, we're that, just rightly angry rough, because what's the next tweet? Yeah, but what's the next tweet? And how can I just get angry about the things that assure that I'm self righteous and justified? Yeah. So what you see is a lot of self righteousness and justification around your perspectives, you know, whomever. <laughs> and that's why we're so polarized right now. Yeah. When it's like when you can reduce us to Wally, red and blue, you know, <laughs> yeah. all sitting on our chairs, uh, looking at our phones. I mm. mean, um, we're in a really bad spot. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, yeah, put down the phone, make some art, talk to your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, you long. know. Call your mom, tell your lover. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, do some things that like humans are really good at and they should be doing more often. Yeah. Uh, go for a walk. Yeah. Go with for some a friends. walk. Get to know some people that don't have anything in common with you. That's my favorite thing to do because it always forces me to grow. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Cause, it's uh, uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want to get to know this person. And then I'll talk to my wife about it. And it's like, I'm really glad I got to know that person. Yeah. I mean, because it's super easy to eviscerate somebody that's yes. just a bunch of ones and zeros othering. on your screen. Yeah. Othering. Hundred uh, percent. It's really hard to deal when they're across the table from you. Yeah, sure. I think I'm at a point, man, where I just personally, in a non self righteous way, I am. When everything can get you canceled at some point, you're like nothing can get you canceled. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of don't care anymore. I'm like, yeah. it, like certain things just got to be said, and I don't care mm-hmm. if if it upsets somebody. If uh, the shoe fits, you got to wear it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and I stand by my words. So I'm like, you want to have a conversation about it. I'm, I'm always ready. Um, but yeah. I, I want more for the next generation and, and, you know, subsequent generations after that, I got kids. I hope, I hope that, I hope that I'm fortunate to have grandkids and, um, I want, I care about the future as much as the now as do you. And I'd love, uh, uh, these last two years, have, if if anything, have expedited where we were heading, anyways, mm-hmm. and it's just time to draw a sand, a line in the sand. And, yeah, you know, I mean, we, I feel like we do this sometimes, but um, and we're not. I'm not always going to get on here and and have, we're going to not going to always call someone out 
no. by many names that creates the actual name. <laughs> but um, it just was one of those things. We just we just had a bone to pick today. And, and a, honestly, like at the end of the day, a bone to pick and axe to grind. It is so much better to create things that are befitting of a feast mm-hmm. than to just burn the house down. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't, I don't. It's it's hard for me, and I know that I can't make this blanket statement, and it'd be a hundred percent truthful. But it's really hard for me to think that there are people out there that would hear a statement like that and go, "I'd rather die." Mm-hmm. But I know there are. Yeah, and I hate it. Yeah, because like, you know, um, I want to keep going to places like museums and galleries, mm-hmm. and I want it to be things that when I walk out, I feel more energized than when I walked in. Yeah. And I want the same to be said about people's homes mm-hmm. and about other places, public places I go. And I don't want it to be just a bunch of subhuman creatures yeah. flinging whatever trash they can at each other. Mm-hmm. That's not why I wanted to be an artist or yeah. designer. Not yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might have had some anger and, and wrestle with it, but it has. It's never. It's like I've always been open-minded to ideas and compelled by. Um the value of exploring through making and thinking yeah. and relating to people like that, the, the almost, uh, the part of it that is not, uh, um, heavy handedly utilitarian. Yeah. It was, so it's like the interplay between, you know, utility, which I'm not, not opposed to, but the interplay of, of like pressing into what is, uh, uh, currently unknown to you or, or, um, yeah, like that part of life that I've said before is kind of like, uh, perpetual aha moments, mm-hmm. which is where you come to know and things uh, make sense or reshuffle, reorder, make more sense, or is um, is deepening the point that there's meaning and value to life. And that, at some point, like we talked about last, I mean, it should raise questions about the world you find yourselves in. It should mm-hmm. force you to metaphysical questions. It should force you into a dialogue about everything from religion to um, Politics, society, politics, society, um, food, physics. <laughs> yeah, I Anything. mean, yeah, you should. It should put. It should um, compel you out from yourself. But um, as opposed to being Wally, where you're really just looking at your your navel gazing in the sense that your phone is down by your navel and you're looking down and mm-hmm. and and you you feel as though you're holding the world in your hands and you're holding a world in the hand your hands that's been reordered through algorithms and you know digital whatever and images and so uh, <laughs> social media uh-huh. <laughs> sorry <laughs> and yeah. so and so these things are are organizing your reality into yeah. a world that leads you to feel like you're god in the clouds hovering above your phone uh-huh. and and i can't tell you how many people are doing that and then bumping into uh, buildings and other people and trash cans uh, oh, or, crap, or what's this stuff? crashing their cars because they're actually not omnipotent beings. Yeah. They're not omnipresent. They're not uh, all-knowing and all-seeing. And so the contradiction between the fake world and the real one uh, is is uh, pretty vast. Why you got to be so caustic, Ryan? Why you got to be gonna... so mean? <laughs> Look, eat your little jelly beans. <laughs> you can always tell when the conversation is winding down. Um, oh, that's it, true. It takes a kind of quick left turn. Yeah. 
But I mean, all this is like completely 100% true. And and it really is like, hopefully you don't hear any of the anger in our voice because there really isn't anger as much as it's probably frustration. Yeah, frustration sad. A little anger. I got anger's, some spice in me, anger. dude. I got some spice in me, man. <laughs> got some spice. I mean, it isn't as spicy as the Spice Girls, but um, no, they were um, weird. Yes, strange thing. I'm 40 spice. <laughs> 46-year-old spice. 45-year-old spice. Oh man! Oh. Look at I'm 45 and I'm bummed you've never called me Colt. <laughs> yeah, well, that just means I'd have to call two of your kids zigzags. Colt 45. <laughs> <laughs> there's your uh... shout out to Afro Man. <laughs> yes, there's I wish your, uh... I could get him on here. Yeah, uh, so we know you're out there listening to Afro Man. So yeah. uh, hit us up. Yep. Um, we got we got some uh, deeper connections stands. than you think. anyhow yeah i think that's it dude uh i think i think so yeah again it's a conversation starter um and yeah a little little spice in what we're saying but uh yeah axe to grind dude it was a dude it was a bone to pick it is an axe to grind yeah if you've ever if you've ever read anything by airy alts you're uh yeah (laughs) you can't disagree yeah (laughs) it'd be hard to read him honestly yeah, just read his stuff. Imagine he has a vomit. Here's a good exercise. Read what Sorry Baltz is saying on Twitter. I'll read a lot of it. Yeah. And just and assume he has no it. authority or power in the way that he does. And then ask yourself, is what he's saying acceptable? Yeah. Or does it just sound or like... Or does it sound like, like uh, idiocy mm-hmm. and uh, self-aggrandizing um, cheap shots and, and actually mediocre as he likes to use? He's a very... He's at least on Twitter. He's very mediocre. And I mean, you know, the other thing is by um, his own definition. Think of, you know, the way to go through it is in any way, not just not just this, you know, whatever, whoever. Great person. Um, If you think of uh, think of anybody that just kind of lives and dies off of his vitriol, Mm -hmm. um, take words that they say and imagine them coming out of the mouth of a teacher or friend that you respect. Yep. And then tell me how you feel about what they're saying. Mm hmm. It's easy to sit there and be like, "Hey, look at this uh, dehumanized uh, little little photo next to a Twitter yeah. feed." Um, I can just mm-hmm. agree with an idea. I don't have to think about it coming from a human uh, spewing filth everywhere. But put it into a human's mouth that you actually respect and love and care about. Mm-hmm. If they said that to you in a conversation, would you really feel the same way? Yep. Hopefully not. That's right. So on that super super light topic. We'll leave you, uh, but hit us up with questions, everything else. Um, but for real, we do always say this, and we do always mean it. We're getting that, that emotional music coming in. <laughs> um, you are a great audience. We love you so much. We are so grateful for you and your listening. Hit us up if you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about. And thanks for sticking around while we had a bone to pick. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, non-profit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.